Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, September 20th, 2017, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of StarWorldWideNetworks.com where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is September 23rd, A Great Wonder in Heaven. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day and bow down spiritually speaking. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We ask that the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit take over the airwaves, the digital airwaves, go around the world today, taking your word and doing in the hearts, minds, and spirits of your people that which you have prepared and ordained for this hour at 11.59 and split seconds, just before the imminent return of your one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ, the only Savior of all mankind. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my place upon the cross of Calvary. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day. We command in the name of Jesus Christ that every foul spirit, every hindering spirit, every spirit of lust, control, and pride, and wickedness, and disruption be bound this very hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command that it be done, and we plead the blood of Jesus against you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin the show for today, I would like to greet you all in the name of the Lord by saying, Happy Rosh Hashanah, which is to say, Happy Head of or Beginning of the Jewish New Year, and Shana Tova which is to bid one a good year. For at sundown this very day, the high holy days, as observed on the Jewish calendar, begin with the two-day celebration of Rosh Hashanah, which is the biblical feast of trumpets, and is as well the beginning of what is called in Israel the Ten Days of Awe. This 10-day period opens with Rosh Hashanah, or there again, the Feast of Trumpets, which is to say the first day of the modern Jewish calendar year, New Year, rather, and is a two-day celebration within the 10 days of Awe, of which concludes on the 10th day of Tishri, with the one-day observance of the highest holy day on the modern Jewish calendar, and is called Yom Kippur. This very solemn day is in reference to the biblical 10th day of the seventh month of Tishri, which, biblically speaking, was and still is to Jews who practiced and who currently practice biblical Judaism, as was required under the law laid out by the Lord God in the Old Testament and conveyed to the children of Israel by Moses and is biblically known as the Day of Atonement. 
Five days after the celebration of Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, the eight-day joyous celebration of Sukkot, or the biblical Feast of Tabernacles, begins. The celebration of Booths, or the ingathering, as it is as well referred to, is kept in remembrance by the children of Israel throughout their generations as they were instructed by the Lord God to do, beginning in Leviticus chapter 23, and is to commemorate the shelter that the Lord provided for the children of Israel during the 40 years that they spend wandering in the wilderness upon the Lord freeing them from their bondage in Egypt. With that said, I would like to uh, I would like for us, my friends, to uh, take a very interesting look at something that, at the time the Lord God, at the time of the Lord God's choosing, will be played out a second time, as the Lord God once again will provide a shelter for the children of Israel in the coming days that lie just dead ahead. And brings us to our first prophetic piece of the day, written by Pastor Mark Biltz, dated September 9th, 2017, first published by WND.com and republished with permission from WND.com by ProphecyNewsWatch.com, and is titled 92317 More Ominous Biblical Signs in the Sky. Mark Belts believes tribulation could begin soon, of which Pastor Belts begins by stating blood moons, a total solar eclipse transversing the country, a devastating hurricane, and next up, an astronomical sign seemingly straight out of the book of Revelation. Is God trying to say something? Mark Pastor Mark Belts, the man who discovered the blood moons phenomena and is one of the world's foremost experts on the signs of the times, says that he believes the starting, that the startling convergence of events is a message from heaven. And he says, arguably, the most important sign will be a starry pattern in the sky on September 23rd. On that day, the sun will be in the constellation Virgo, known as the Virgin. The moon will be below the feet of the constellation. Additionally, Venus, Mars, and Mercury will be above the constellation, as the constellation Leo has nine stars and will also be above Virgo's head, the alignment can be interpreted as a crown of 12 stars. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 read, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. Belts believes the upcoming sign on September 23rd is precisely what this passage is referring to. The woman clothed with the sun is the constellation Virgo and represents the nation of Israel, he explained. The 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Interestingly, the constellation Leo, the lion, which is above Virgo, is made up of nine stars. The lion represents specifically the tribe of Judah. It just so happens this year during the days of awe, three planets will join the constellation Leo, making up 12 stars. Virgo will be clothed with the sun and the moon will be under her feet, fulfilling this sign too precise detail. Furthermore, said Belts, contemporary events on earth are also precisely fitting with biblical prophecy. Belts cites Luke chapter 21, verse 25, which says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with with perplexity, 
with the sea and the waves roaring. The next verse also refers to how the powers of heaven will be shaken. Look what happened immediately after the solar eclipse at the beginning of the month of repentance, which is to say the month of Elul, my friends. He says, we have the sea and the waves roaring loud and clear because of Hurricane Harvey. Not only that, the eclipse was on the 21st and the hurricane was on the 25th. This event has been directly tied to this verse in Luke chapter 21-25. Talk about predicted in the Bible, he says. Biltz also expresses amazement at how one of the most devastating hurricanes in American history is being closely followed by the strongest hurricane ever recorded. Not only did we have Hurricane Harvey, but now Hurricane Irma is brewing, looking like a Category 5 for this next week, noted Belts. Belts, who explains the importance of the biblical calendar in his book, God's Daytimer, also believes it is deeply significant, uh, also believes, my friends, it is de- uh, deeply significant. The upcoming sign with the constellation Virgo will appear the weekend after Rosh Hashanah begins, which, my friends, is the first Sabbath of the Jewish New Year as well. As I explain in my book, God's Daytimer, the Believer's Guide to Divine Appointments, the feasts are really to be seen as days when Get this, my friends, God intersects human history, said Belts. God said there would be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and Yeshua, or Jesus, confirmed there would be signs in the heavens and at the end of days before the Messiah comes. He then goes on to say, I'd caution, I don't ever predict what will happen, so much as to connect the dots after they have happened. But it is also important, he says, to remember prophecy has multiple fulfillments still, though I would not say this is definite. I would suggest that the imminent beginning of the tribulation is definitely a big possibility. Biltz then goes on to ask, but why should believers care about what is happening in the sky? He then goes on to say, isn't, isn't looking for such uh, signs uncomfortably close to the practice of astrology? Biltz points out scripture itself speaks of the importance of the signs in the sky. He also says there is a critical distinction between astrology and what he calls biblical astronomy. Biblical astronomy has nothing to do with astrology, Biltz said, just before going on to share, of which I totally agree with, my friends, the devil likes to prove pervert everything God does as a way to sideline believers. He then goes on he then goes on to point out that in astrology it's all about you or self and interpreting the signs in the sky about how it affects your life. In biblical astronomy, he says, it's all about God. It's an entirely different focus. God even stated the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Plus, my friends, he's put everything in the sky that is there. So it is rightly so that we would observe the signs that he told us to watch for the signs of the times. And my friends, they speak loudly. Belts continues or contends, the signs in the sky are a message from God urging repentance. The recent solar eclipse is, the recent solar eclipse, he says, in particular, was a message to America. He says, and so say I, my friends, so say I. He says, I believe the solar eclipse over, the, over nations is God's way of warning that nation to turn back to godliness, the pastor said. God is not willing that any should perish, but all turn back to him. The sun shines and the rain falls on everyone, both the righteous 
or as I like to say, those who live right in Jesus Christ, and the ungodly. He further states, we are not to point the finger and blame people as such as each and every one of us are to seek God and find comfort in his presence. And Biltz argues the flood of extraordinary signs both in the heavens and on earth mean the time to repent may be running out. And my friends, he is exactly right. It is getting very short. As I said before, spiritually speaking, it is 1159 and split seconds before the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, he says, as the Bible states, that when we see these things, we should look up in expectation that our redemption is drawing near, he told WND. My friends, just before moving forward with the explanation of the soon coming time where the Lord God will once again provide a shelter in the wilderness for the children of Israel, let us for a moment take a look at a slice of the major events that have come into view just since the great American solar eclipse of 2017, beginning with August 21st, the very day of the eclipse. The destroyer, USS John S. McCain, collided with an oil tanker near Singapore, leaving 10 missing and 5 injured. August 24th, President Trump's son-in-law meets with the Palestinian Authority in Israel concerning the status of the so-called two-state solution, where they informed him that a deal needs to be on the table within 45 days or else they are going to, as they put it, quote, blow up the peace process and go to the U.N. August 25th, Category 4 Hurricane Harvey makes landfall in Texas northeast of Corpus Christi with 130 mile an hour winds. August 28th, North Korea launches missile that flies over Japan, the country's J-Alert warning system warns people to take cover. September 3rd, Californian government, Governor Jerry Brown issues state of emergency due to the Latuna brush fire near Los Angeles, which was burning right behind your Walmart, my friends, in Burbank, California. I saw the pictures, it was phenomenal. And being there before, it really just made it that much more realistic. September 5th, Hurricane Irma becomes the most powerful Atlantic Ocean hurricane in recorded history with winds of 185 miles per hour. September 6th, Hurricane Irma makes landfall on Caribbean islands of Barbuda, St. Martins, and British Virgin Islands. Prime Minister Gaston Brown reports 95% of Barbuda's buildings were damaged. September 7th, Consumer Credit Reporting Agency Equifax reports earlier cyber attack, cyber attack could have affected up to 143 million Americans. September 7th, an 8.2 earthquake hit southwest of Pijantinapan, Mexico, killing at least 90. Strongest Mexican quake in a century. September 9th, Hurricane Irma makes landfall in the Florida Keys in the U.S. as a Category 3 hurricane. September 11th, U.N. imposes new export sanctions on North Korea. September 11th, which has its own meeting, my friends, was also the day that Hurricane Irma leaves 7 million U.S. homes without power in Florida, Georgia, and I would say in South Carolina, too, my friends, since I had a friend there that was telling me all about it. September 13, eight people die as a result of a nursing home losing air conditioning in the aftermath of Hurricane Irma in Hollywood, Florida. September 18th, Hurricane Maria passes over the Caribbean island of Dominica as a Category 5 hurricane. September 19th, U.S. President Donald Trump addresses the United Nations vowing to totally destroy North Korea if threatens the United States. 
September 20th, today, the eve of Rosh Hashanah, Hurricane Maria makes landfall as a Category 4 and wreaks havoc on the already Hurricane Irma-ravished, bankrupt island of Puerto Rico. And Hurricane Maria still may be headed to the New England area of the United States over the next few days. Only God knows. And... On that breathtaking note, my friends, I'll be right back after the break with more insight on September 23rd, A Great Wonder in Heaven. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm. this evening in Israel, they will be blowing the trumpets. And that is why it's called the Feast of Trumpets, my friends, because they will be blowing the trumpet just as you heard it done before the show began today. Now, as promised, back to the unraveling of just what this soon coming September 23rd, a great wonder in heaven, could signify in the days that lie just ahead for Israel, America, and the world at large. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, the word of the Lord says that, and it shall come to pass in that day. My friends, anytime you see the word in that day in the Bible, it means it has not happened yet, ever. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel 
and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. In Isaiah chapter 66, verses 7 through 16, concerning the promised end time in gathering of the Jews unto the Lord their God, is Isaiah states by way of God's Holy Spirit, before she, speaking of the land of Israel, travailed, she brought forth before her pain came. She was delivered of a man-child who has heard such a thing who has seen such a thing shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as zion or israel my friends travailed she brought forth her children my friends which is in reference to 1948 when israel regain statehood after 2,000, at least 2,000 years by the hand of God, which has never happened on the face of this planet before and shall never happen again because it is the Lord's will that it would take place and it is going to end with the glorious and victorious land of Israel being brought down out of the sky at the end of time as we know it my friends, to forever stand before the Lord, where the Lord Jesus Christ will be the only sun that needs to shine, for there will never be night or darkness in the eternal kingdom of Jerusalem. Moving ahead, the Lord God in verse 9 is referring to the end time in gathering of the faithful children of Israel during the time that is soon and very soon to take place when God once again will have to make a shelter for his people, the Jews, in the wilderness during the time of Jacob's, or in other words, Israel's trouble, also known as the time of great tribulation. When he says, shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord, shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. And that's talking about in the coming time of the millennial kingdom, my friends, when the Jerusalem here on earth will stand for another thousand years where the Lord Jesus Christ will actually rule and reign among his people as they thought he was when he came the first time. But he came as a babe, and that's what threw them off. And Satan was able to have them to believe that their king and Messiah still had not, and even at this moment, has not ever arrived yet. But my friends, by the time he comes to rule and reign over Jerusalem for a thousand years, it will be his second coming in the first coming. I know that's a little different. We can go over that another day. Verse 12 says, for thus the Lord, for thus saith the Lord, behold, I will extend peace to her, Jerusalem, that is, my friends, like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck Ye shall be born upon her sides and be dangled upon her knees as one who's as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I, says the Lord God, comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Speaking to the Jewish people, my friends, that are to spend that thousand years in the millennial kingdom time in Jerusalem with their king, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Messiah, who is our Lord, Master, and Savior already. We chose to believe. The, the Gentiles believed, my friends. The Jews had a problem in believing, but the Lord is the Lord of both. And in the end, they will have to come along and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as well before they can enter into the eternal 
kingdom of God, for it is the plan of God's salvation, which came by way of the precious and holy shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his one and only begotten son, who came to this earth out of eternity past and took on the sins of every man, woman, and child that would ever live upon this earth when he went to the cross. And that is the way that we have forgiveness, my friends. Once and for all, the Lord Jesus Christ came to forgive the sins of all mankind. It was done on the cross, and now all we have to do is receive it by asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to be our Lord, Master, Savior, and soon-coming King and Messiah, my friends. That's the way God works in the plan of his salvation. Verse 14 says, And when ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like a herb, and the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants, and his indignation towards his enemies. First, at the end of the soon coming war of God and Magog, my friends, Verse 11, I mean, verse 15 states, For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh and the slain of the Lord shall be many. In Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 through 18, Jeremiah speaks of the days that are to come shortly when he opens by saying, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth that bringeth up the children out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth that bringeth up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whether he has driven them. And I will bring them, the Lord says, again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Verse 16 says, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will, I, after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face. Neither is their iniquity or their sin, my friends, hid from mine eyes, says the Lord. The first, and first I will recompense or repay their iniquity and their sin double. Because they have defiled my land, they have filled my, they have failed my inheritance, filled my inheritance with the carcass, carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. In other words, my friends, the soon coming time of Jacob's trouble will be allowed by God to purge the land and people of Israel of their sins just before the Lord God restores to them Jerusalem here on earth first during the millennial kingdom time, and then on into eternity as they come forward, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and going on with us into eternity to live in the Jerusalem made without the hands of any man on this earth. It's a heavenly place. In Joel chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, concerning the time that is shortly to come during the time of Jacob's trouble, it is said, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, which means the valley where God judges. And will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Uh-oh. 
We know what that means. In Amos chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, Amos is shown of the Lord God just how the land and people of Israel have ended up as they are for the most part this very day, which is living away from their God in sin, following the precepts of man and not that of God. When he begins by saying, thus saith the Lord God, Thus the Lord God has shown unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. Moving on to Amos chapter 8, verses 7 through 10, Amos paints a picture of how soon and very soon the Lord will allow the time of Jacob's trouble to commence. And I do believe, my friends, that the Lord God has given me this word for today, here on the eve of the high holy days of Israel, to illustrate just how the wonder that is set to appear in the heavens coming this Saturday, listen up, my friends, is set to begin to spiritually prick the hearts of, the, of his people, the Jews, the apple of his eye, to warn them, of the times that are just about to begin for the lord at, for the land the time that's just about to begin for the land and the people of Israel when amos begins by saying the lord has sworn by the excellency of jacob surely i will never forget any of their work works says the lord shall not the land tremble for this and every one mourn that dwelleth therein, and it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood, as by the flood of, G- of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day, and I will turn your feast, which they're about to go into, and probably already have because their time difference is much different than ours, into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as the morning, listen up, my friends, of an only son, and the end thereof as a bitter day. My friends, the Lord is telling you that one day soon the scales will fall from the eyes, spiritually speaking, of the Jewish people, and they will indeed realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is their Messiah, but not before they have much trouble for being disobedient unto the Lord God in the first place. But he will not make an utter end of them. So be encouraged, my friends, for it has a glorious and victorious end. Moving ahead once more to Zechariah chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, a picture is painted of that which is just about to be revealed by the hand of the Lord God in the pursuit of drawing his people back to himself once again. And once and for all, my friends, beginning with the soon coming events that lead up to the time of Jacob's trouble and beyond. Zechariah begins by stating the burden of the word of the Lord. The burden means the prophecy, the burden or the prophecy of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which strengthens, which stretched rather forth the heavens 
and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within, within him, behold, I will make Jerusalem, and this is where they are this very day, my friends, and it's going to intensify. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of, a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah, which is a spiritual reference to the people that are there at this moment, my friends, trying to make these secular plans that are against God's words in the Bible. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah, says the Lord, like a hearth of fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheath. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem." The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first. My friends, the word Judah means praise, and Christians are prophetically, or spiritually speaking, the people of Judah. Although there are literal Jewish people that are people of Judah, a place in Israel, the Lord God gives a connotation that the Christians are as well the people of praise unto the Lord God through Jesus Christ. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, meaning the rapture will occur before the things start to take place in the time of great tribulation and the time of Jacob's trouble, my friends, because those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ are not appointed to the time of God's wrath and the time of the open rule and reign of the Antichrist. That is a promise the Lord has made to us. In his word, the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he that is feeble among them at that time day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that I will seek to destroy all the nations that came against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David, which is where the Christians come from, my friends, because Jesus comes from the house of David. He's from the lineage of David. And upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, speaking of the Jewish people that will come forth, my friends, to believe in their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit of grace and of supplications. Or specific prayers, my friends, is what that means. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. There it is, my friends. Their eyes are finally open. In that day, says the Lord, shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of uh, Hadad Rimen in the valley of Megiddo. As we move forward, my friends, uh, to a close, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 32, the Lord Jesus reminds us, not only the people of Israel, but us as Christians as well, of the time that is soon to come when he says, 
Now learn the parable of a fig tree, which is in reference to what's going to take place in Israel, my friends. He says, when the branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when ye see, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. He's telling us, when we see the signs of the times that he told us to look for during this time, my friends, that it would signify that the time of Jacob's trouble was approaching, as well as the time of great tribulation that nobody has to be here for, my friends, except those appointed by God to be here because we have the blood of Jesus to pull us through if we will only ask the Lord Jesus to be our Savior and therefore making us ready, watching, and waiting and praying for his imminent return in the rapture to whisk us away before those two times simultaneously taking place happen, the time of Jacob's trouble and the time of the great tribulation. Verse 34 says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away. This is Jesus speaking, my friends. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. And that is the generation that would see them begin to be fulfilled would not end until it was fulfilled. And my friends, we're almost at the end of that generation right now. We're not at the beginning, nor are we going to begin again. We are the terminal or final generations to see the signs of the times and that the Lord is shortly to come. Are you ready to meet the Lord in the air at the rapture? Verse 35 says... Heaven and earth shall pass away, the Lord Jesus says, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only in regards to the rapture itself, my friends. We do not know the day of the week. We do not know the hour of the day. Only the Lord God knows that. But he did give us the signs of the times, and they're everywhere, to make us ready and to know, to be ready watching and waiting imminently that the Lord's imminent return is on the way. Verse 37 says, but of the days of Noah were, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. My friends, and this is the scripture that the Lord has been pressing upon me uh, in the last few days and weeks, and it says, and knew not, those who were not ready, my friends, knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall, the Lord Jesus says, also the coming of the Son of Man be. My friends, it just means that you can tell people all day, you need to get ready. You need to get your life in order. You need to know God's word know it well and know it correctly for yourself. You need, to be, uh, you need to be asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Start walking upright before the Lord God. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows if you're ready or not. It doesn't matter how good you are. You don't get into heaven by good deeds. You get into heaven by being covered with the blood of Jesus and walking in the, the precepts of God as laid out in the Old and New Testament uh, and the way that the Lord God has called us to do. We mainly live in the New Testament, my friends. The Old Testament was types and shadows of that which has now come to pass. And the things that are happening in the New Tes Testament are the things that we need to be walking in and be ready, watching, and waiting for when the shofar blows and the Lord Jesus Christ is sent by God to receive his children for all eternity. In the rapture, my friends, when he comes in the rapture. Verse 40 says, Then shall two be, at the, be in the field, one shall be taken, and the other left. This is a reference to the rapture, my friends. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, Jesus said, for ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. My friends, the reference here is very, uh, is very uh, chilling because when you think back, and even today, you've got 
uh, other cultures living in Israel, as you have always. And the, the thing is, is that other culture, for the most part, is Islam. Okay? So the fact is, is that when those who are ready, watching, and waiting, no matter where you are in the world, my friends, and, and you're sitting side by side with a non-believer, such as anybody who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life, who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only begotten Son of the Lord God. My friends, if you believe those things and you are walking with the Lord in a relationship that is upright before God and he is pleased with, you will be whisked out of here in the twinkling of an eye. They will still be sitting there ready to go on into the time of the open rule and reign of the Antichrist. And their last stop will be the lake of fire. That's why it gives this very illustrated uh, picture of what's going on. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. Continuing on in Luke chapter 21, verse 22, Jesus speaks of the soon coming time of destruction that is to take place in Jerusalem due to the sin of the people of Israel for rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah and not turning back to the Lord God. This time of Jacob's trouble will be will be that which produces a remnant of Jews that will come to know and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah. For Jesus says in verse 22, For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. In Luke chapter 21, verse 25 and 26, Jesus as well speaks of the time that we are now coming into when he states, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus reminds us who know the word of God, know it well and know it correctly for ourselves. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we are reminded as to just who it is that they who will be mourning for the one that they have pierced is when John the Revelator states, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, said the Lord Jesus Christ, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Now, my friends, let us read the scriptures in detail that coincide with what's about to take place here on September 23rd, 2017. And they are found in Revelation chapter 12. We're going to see just how we know that the Lord God will once again, and for the last time, provide a shelter in the wilderness for his people as they choose to return to him for all eternity. As John begins by saying in verse 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, 
And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. My friends, this is a representation of the Antichrist and his kingdom that is to rule and reign for three and a half years openly upon this earth during the second half of the seven years of tribulation. The second half of the seven years of tribulation, that three and a half years is called the time of great tribulation. It is when the Antichrist rules and reigns upon the earth that God pours out his wrath upon the earth without measure and the children of Israel are going through the time of Jacob's trouble. The Christians who were ready, watching, and waiting to be with the Lord are forevermore with him. Verse 4 says, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them into the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for the, to devour her child as soon as it was born. My friends, if you go back to the first time that you think of this, when Jesus is being born to Israel, in Israel, my friends, uh, Herod sent out a decree when the wise men came and told him about the star of Bethlehem and that they wanted to know where the king of kings was because they wanted to go and worship him. And so therefore, Herod said to them, well, when you find out where he is, please let me know because I'd like to worship him too, which was the devil speaking straight out, my friends, because from that time forward, he had every child of two years and younger killed because he was worried about this king of kings that was to rule the world with a rod of iron, as the word of God says. Verse 5 says, And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. My friends, Jesus, he went to the cross. He shed his precious and holy blood for the forgiveness and covering of sins of all mankind who will receive him as their savior. He also was, he died, my friends. He and the Lord God raised him from the dead to give us the opportunity to enter into eternal life through what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. And therefore, after that time, my friends, on the uh, 40th day, he uh, ascended back to heaven in his rightful place where he came from, my friends. He came out of eternity past to the here and now to die for our sins because there was no one worthy. He's the only man who ever walked upon the earth that is sinless because he is God, my friends. Jesus Christ is God because God is a spirit. He's not a man. And the man, Jesus Christ, was fully enveloped with the spirit of God, his father. And verse six says, and the woman fled. Listen, my friends, here it is. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there for a thousand two hundred and three score days. My friends, if you add it up, that's exactly three and a half years and is a safe place and a shelter that the Lord God has prepared for the children of Israel during the coming time of Jacob's trouble and the outpouring of the wrath of God, which is called the time of great tribulation, which is as well the time of the rule and reign, the open rule and reign of the Antichrist, allowed by God to take care of fulfilling everything that the Lord God had prepared to be fulfilled at the end of time as we have known it just before the beginning of the millennial kingdom reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, with that said, I ask that you today would search your heart, get ready, be ready, watching, waiting, and praying for the Lord Jesus Christ. His return for those who belong to him is imminent. And as I close, my friends, let it be with the priestly blessing of the Lord God here on this Rosh Hashanah's Eve, of which states, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace, my friends, which only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, it's a wrap. Shalom, shalom. Happy Rosh Hashanah, 
until we meet again. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?